0: The Constellation, episode 11. Fatima's career in cyber. Fatima stares at one of four computer screens arranged in front of her. Her boss just called her in on a Saturday morning. It's not unusual in this job, and sometimes she wishes she'd persevered with ballet. But the nostalgia for the arts doesn't last long when she remembers the pain, and the awful pay. The algorithm that they're testing, or rather training, has come up with something strange. And Detective Chief Superintendent Lucy Francis wants to know if it's just a glitch or not. In any other branch of IT, this would have waited till Monday morning. But this deep neural network linked to the National Data Analytics Solution has been learning about terrorist networks. The problem with algorithms like this, thinks Fatima, particularly when they're being trained, is that they often link arbitrary facts. Two people appear on a CCTV camera at the same moment. They also worked ten years ago for the same company. They both have Telegram installed on their mobiles. One of them has visited a mosque known for its radical preacher, etc. With the amount of data available on people these days, particularly when it includes historic police records, the algorithm can quickly expand a chance meeting into a radical terrorist network with many members, especially when you factor in racial bias. Maybe they exchanged a briefcase full of cash just out of shot. But then again, maybe they're complete strangers. They've never met, and they never will, except in that frame of video. Fatima's job includes the unenviable task of teasing out factual links from algorithmic fabulations. What's unusual today is that the links that are showing up point to current communication activity between people on a radicalisation watch list, which is normal, but also to a list which looks like it was last accessed back before Fatima was even born. Somehow, the two together have sparked off an alarm. The first watchlist is easy, although it's devoid of interesting content. There's been increased communication between a number of agents in a suspected Daesh cell grouped around Birmingham. They could just be organising a party, but then they wouldn't bother to use encryption, would they? Something's up, so they need keeping tabs on. She sends a message to a colleague. Then she tries to access the 1980s watch list. The computer tells her that she doesn't have clearance. She calls DCS Francis, who says, Weird, huh? Wait a sec. She hangs up and calls another number. After a minute or so, she taps on the window between their offices and gives Fatima a thumbs up. So, Fatima thinks, get to work find out who these people are, why the warning got triggered, probably it's a mistake, and I'll be back home in time for tea. It seems to be a group based around an informer, or maybe an undercover cop. There were a lot of them around in the 1980s, infiltrating left-wing and anti-racist organisations. Not the police's proudest moment. The informer is mentioned in the files only as CV. The information is sketchy, and some is redacted. If necessary, Fatima can request higher access, but this will do for now. Let's see. Part of something called the South London Marxist Film Cooperative? Studied at London School of Economics, then Sheffield City Polytechnic. CV seems to have been passing info to the police during this time. It must have been around the miners' strike, thinks Fatima. He? Why does she assume it's a he, she thinks? It doesn't actually say. They were an art student and got involved with the group, apparently some sort of political experimental band or theatre group or something. And all the others on this list seem to have been members then CV disappears. That's kind of when the 80s file stops. And because she doesn't have CV's ID, she can't see what happens to them. She starts going through the list of others one by one, making notes and trying to trace where the members are now. Toby Wallinger. Socialist Workers' Party member... Arrested, suspected of being involved with explosives, but released without charge. Since 2016, he's a Belgian citizen, but still has a UK passport. Works for the EU. That's enough to characterise him as a foreign agent, thinks Fatima, if Algie is having a bad day. Algie is her pet name for the computer programme. Carol Baker also a Socialist Workers' Party member, former partner of Toby, into drugs. Searching further in other databases, Fatima realises that Carol is quite a character. She moved to Morocco in the 1990s, changed her name to Naima, though she still has a UK passport in her original name, and married a journalist. They reported a lot on the Western Sahara. After googling the Polisario, Fatima thinks that there's no real link with UK domestic terrorism. But the husband recently committed suicide in prison, although there's also an added note that it was probably murder. Carol is listed as an investigative journalist, flagged as hostile, although Fatima can't find out she's supposed to be hostile to, and she's linked to Bellingcat. Current whereabouts unknown. Hmm. That's a bit dodgy. Usually, we know where everybody is all the time, thinks Fatima. Dave Marker. Wow, now he's a dodgy guy. Seems to have been involved with everything – drugs, financial scams. Software hacking. No weapons, though. But right now, he's safely locked up in Moorland Prison for conspiracy to defraud, two years and nine months. Although there's a note that he's probably been framed. Mary Garnett rang all the protest bells back in the day, countless arrests, the earliest when she was a teenager something to do with the Greenpeace action at Sellafield. The miners' strike, Greenham Common, the Clause 28 protests. Fatima is impressed that Mary has made a career out of her activism instead of just becoming a Tory. She worked for Greenpeace later and now runs another NGO, mostly working in the Far East and Eastern Europe. Mary lives in the Netherlands... Gus Patterson, musician. Also known to the police. Mental health issues, it says. He seems basically harmless, except for once having threatened a tree surgeon with a kitchen knife. Lives in Sheffield. Oh, that explains the tree thing, thinks Fatima. Plus, he's a known hacker, and has worked with Dave Marker more recently. The algorithm... ...has flagged up some of his songs. Possible incitement to riot. Possible revolutionary propaganda. Possible reference to explosives. Fatima listens to a link. A song called Project Fear. Sounds like a pro-Brexit thing, she thinks...
1: TV, taps on the phone, the police coming round when I'm not home. People with funny accents, people with funny names, people with funny beards, compensation claims.
0: Distorted electronic and beats and a kind of rap. Jones,
1: driverless cars and Google Street
0: View. More like a list of the things that the singer is afraid of. Racism, it's not her thing, really, fascism, and she skips through it.
1: TV, NSA, GCH, insomnia, hot flushies. Short-term memory loss, numbers. And turtles and hoffies. And you never know if there's not a bomb in the bus, a bomb in the metro, a bomb on the plane,
0: a bomb But then she has to laugh out loud when she hears, while everyone else is inside watching the great British cooker bomb on the bus.
1: It's spring, I'm always
0: That's enough to get flagged up, she thinks. Damn! We have to do some serious tweaking if we want to filter out this kind of stuff. How could we teach Algie about humour, parody, irony, cynicism, sarcasm? Then she remembers something. She goes back to the beginning of the song again.
1: Short-term memory loss, numbness, and in rare cases, seizures and sudden death. A list as long as my bloody arm. I'm worried about my neighbor's car alarm. In fact, I'm worried about my neighbor's full stop. And if my friend's an undercover cop, I'm worried about
0: radiation. Undercover cop? Where did that come from? Has this CV person been exposed? Has Patterson figured it out? Curiouser and curiouser. And then there's a sub-list, a list of associates. Some medical students. One or two people who seem to be members of a Christian cult. Fanny Pearson... teacher at the art school, and member of the Revolutionary Communist Party. But all this vaguely radical, vaguely criminal world that these people inhabit isn't enough to trigger an alert like this, she thinks. And there seem to be no direct links to Daesh, but Algy thinks it's found a pattern. What is a pattern, though, thinks Fatima. Fatima. We can look at an arrangement of stones on the beach and think it makes a pattern. But does a pattern always have to mean something? We humans see patterns in everything. Just look at the stars, she thinks. They are where they are for complicated reasons, to do with unimaginably powerful forces. We can make models combining gravity and the expansion of the universe and occasional violent events, or we can use statistics. That can tell us something. But what do humans do? They look up into the stars and they see patterns, stories, gods, animals, symbols, constellations. And humans taught this machine, or rather, she, Fatima, taught the machine. So what is this a pattern of? How can the machine see something she can't? She jumps at the tap on her shoulder. How's it going? Oh, um, I think I really need to know more about this CV person. Do you think I could get access? Sure, says DCS Francis. Wait a mo. She picks up a phone and calls someone. Screws up her face ums and ahs, waits, rolling her eyes, and then says, Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Tomorrow, they say. Fatima's face drops. Ah, tomorrow's Sunday. Let's make it first thing Monday morning, then. Off you go. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thanks, ma'am, says Fatima. By chance, up in Sheffield, Gus at this very moment is also training an algorithm. He's in the studio, trying to teach a hybrid analogue digital system to sing in tune. But in tune is boring for Gus. Once it's mastered that, he has some weirder stuff planned for it. He likes the border area between music and noise, between the human and the digital. is musing maybe it's cyborg music don't know people ask me why I like working with machines so much instead of humans but that's not the point like I love humans and anyway computers are made by humans programmed by humans they are human. We can't go pretending they're alien or something. In fact, technology is not in between us and the world, it's like both. Of us and of the world. We are the world, or maybe not. We are our stuff. We are stuff. Stuff. Dust. Anyway, technology is made of stuff metals, rare metals, petrochemicals. Technology is not neutral. It's connected to fucking everything in a big loop, running on electric that comes from wherever, burning millions of years old trees, or recent trees, or ancient plankton, or recently mined uranium, or just the sun, or the wind, waves. there's always something unpredictable, unknowable. A bit like working with a musician. The best part is what you don't expect from someone. They all have their memories, their stories, that only they can access. I do miss it, playing with friends. I still do occasionally, but right now, it's safer this way. sounding okay now. I'm going to record it. Brian is sitting at his desk. He hates it, desk work, always has. He's always been a talker, a doer. But, he's starting to realise, being in politics means sitting at a desk a lot. He has so much to read these days. Bloody Dom keeps sending him emails which are piling up in the inbox... Full of graphs, statistics, or seemingly random quotes from computer scientists and philosophers. The schmoozing, on the other hand, he likes. Some people are already eating out of his hand. And there are pretty women around. But he has to watch out. He's been there before. And that was even before Me Too. So, less schmoozing and more policy development, Brian. That's what it's about for the moment. In the past, he could just wing it. But Boris Johnson's demise showed everyone that winging it wasn't enough. With the country in the throes of the pandemic, Johnson hadn't stood a chance. For Brian, as always, crisis breeds opportunity. The fact that the virus keeps mutating and the vaccines aren't quite trustworthy, combined with the post-Brexit depression and looming ecological disaster, makes the situation a perfect storm with the wind behind him. People are hungry for something else, fed up with the Tories. Labour are in disarray, Farage is away, flirting with the suprematists in the States. QAnon, that tribe of fruitcakes, are still stirring things up to his advantage. The Greens are strangely nowhere. Even with all the youth protests. He's even managed to bag some of their deserters. He met Steve Bannon two weeks ago at a meeting with Dom at Cambridge Analytica. They're developing algorithms for the campaign, targeting voters, pushing certain Twitter posts, multiplying them with bots, calculating the best moment to act. Their byline is data-driven behavior change. It's quite a leap since the 80s and 90s, thinks Brian. But we were using cutting-edge tech back then, too, just in a different kind of situation. The link between green thinking and populism was there as well, although we didn't call it that. And God, of course. God has not gone away. God is Brian's secret power. Brian knows that he is right, the righteous, the only person who could lead his people out of this crisis, into a new door. And all the online influencing and scheming is just necessary tactics. Dom had left a copy of The Art of War on his desk last week. But yes, the time is definitely ripe for freedom now. The phone rings. Brian, he says, He doesn't even need to think about it anymore. He's becoming to like being Brian.